You know what they say in the CPU business when it's on? They say, it's on. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The CPU business, when you're failing, hire people that you used to have employed. Yeah, yeah. Intel has made some very interesting hiring decisions as of late that look like they're going to heat up competition in the CPU market. In other news today, we've got... Uh, Oh man, this is not going to be a very interesting show today, but Google has threatened to pull out of Australia over a new link tax. That's right, they will not be putting any dingo in Australia's baby. Oh my goodness. Also, NVIDIA is sort of killing the Max-Q and Max-P branding, thank goodness. Also, uh, no, uh, it's not good news that, that that's not good news. We'll it's talk about that. News. No, it's terrible. Oh, geez. It's actually okay. way worse. It's worse than ever before. Oh, boy, that's exciting. Also, Raspberry Pi Foundation launches a $4 Pi Pico. Jeepers. $4. Imagine that a $4, $4. computer. Well, you know, what, what are you wasting your time imagining that for? I know I told you to imagine it, but you got to have a mind of your own. You got to think about if you're supposed to imagine it or not. You don't have to imagine it because it's real. Just like yeah. the intro is real. Yeah. What is reality, though? Reality? It's the Can real... Can digital really be real? It's the real itty. <laughs> it's not the fake itty. Yeah. Stupid fake itties. That's right. Uh, oh, uh, but uh, uh, oh, I ne I never actually set up the sponsors today. Dang it! I knew nice. that. I I knew I didn't do things. I just like, man, am I even competent? The show is brought to you today by FreshBooks, Kernel Care, and Pulseway. Oh yeah! All right, we're gonna jump right into our big topic today is the original sources are anandtech.com and investors business daily despite intense competition from arm based competitors and rival chip maker amd intel has beaten its q4 2020 targets with record revenue i mean there's one good thing about putting the bean counters in charge am i right record well, revenue I mean Another way of looking at this is the like there's there's some there's certain companies that benefit from pandemics. Well, that's another way of thinking about it. But yet another way of thinking about it is that there are certain companies that are experts when it comes to milking 14 nanometer, squeezing blood from a stone. That's what <laughs> Intel is the master of. So Intel beat its Q4 2020 targets, and the star of the show was the client computing group, which is your Core i7s, your Core i9s which benefited from increased demand um, <clears throat> that the pandemic has placed on computer sales, <laughs> yes. as, as yeah. Luke might have mentioned before. There is a bit of a yeah. catch, though. These numbers were leaked, forcing Intel to release its earnings report early. Intel blamed the leak on a hack, which caused their stock to drop by 4% to as much as 9%, erasing a 7% increase from yesterday. But then, hold on a second, why did the stock go up yesterday? And this is where the headline of today's WAN show comes from. Very exciting. Intel made a very interesting recent hire. So they've got a new CEO with, thankfully, an engineering background. Uh, so this is Pat Gelsinger, and instead of an accounting background, which is just wonderful. And apparently, at the request of CEO Pat Gelsinger, uh, Glenn Hinton has come back to Intel. So this is not like a 
new hire in the sense that you go to the store and buy new shoes. This is a new hire in the sense that you have old shoes that you've worn for 35 years and you like really like them, but they were retired and then now you're wearing them again. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's shoes in the closet that you refuse to get rid of. And then one day you're like, you know what? I'm going to crack them back out. You know what? I just, all the other shoes, every other shoe in the market, those Yeezys, they ain't got nothing on my like 35 year old hiking boots. You know, like this is the work, this is the workhorse shoe. So Glenn Hinton worked on a couple of projects that you've probably never heard of before. Um, There was the Pentium Pro. Okay. Uh, the Pentium 2, Pentium 3, um, I mean, I, I barely even heard of them. And like, I've been into computers my whole life. I, what, what's Pentium? What's even Pentium? Is it like penthouse? Is it like sexy computers? You know? Yeah. Um, yep. Worked on the i960CA, the first superscalar risk processor. Uh, 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 Nehalem. You ever heard of Nehalem, Luke? I mean, uh, I, is, isn't that like a, uh, hmm. isn't that a doom guy level? What's that? What's a Nehalem? I think it's a, I think it's a small area of Oregon, Oregon, ah. USA. I think it's a, is that a County? It's a city. Wow. That, that really barely qualifies as a city. I mean, are you kidding me right now? Sports camp number eight. There's like a, there's like a few streets. It's like <laughs> bigger than Nehalem, Oregon. No offense. No offense if you're from Nehalem. Just kidding. I know nobody from Nehalem is actually watching because there's like apparently six people. (laughs) The population was 271 people in 2010 and they probably don't have internet anyway. So I think I think we're good here on not upsetting the people of Nehalem too badly. (laughs) Either way, the point is, uh, okay, a lot of you might not have actually heard of Nehalem, but Nehalem was the code name for what was pretty much like the beginning of the modern high-end desktop core series processor. So that was on LGA 1366. That was, um, let's, let me have a, let me have a look here. Uh, I think Bloomfield was technically a sub, Bloomfield, hold on a second. Yeah, Bloomfield. Okay, Control F, Nehalem. Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, so Bloomfield is just like the socket-specific codename for high-end desktop, and then Halem was the same microarchitecture that was used for Bloomfield, Linfield, and Clarksfield. So Linfield and Clarksfield were LG 1156, so that was the consumer platform. Sorry, this has been a long time, guys. you got to forgive me here. And then Halem was like the big shit, man. Like Halem was like, man, you got to flush that thing like three or four times. It had triple channel memory, which is like a big deal at the time. It had up to six cores, six cores on the Extreme Edition. Actually, you know what? Hold on. I think it was Golf Town that actually, uh, Golf Town, don't quote me on that. Golf Town Intel. No, that was Westmere. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had to wait until West. But whatever. The point was, Nehalem set the stage for a totally different level of desktop uh, computer performance. And uh, <clears throat> Mr. Glenn Hinton might have worked on that. He owns more than 90 patents from eight CPU designs over his career, and he's retired. On social media, Hinton says he will be leaving retirement to work on an exciting high-performance CPU project, saying, 
quote, if it wasn't a fun project, I wouldn't have come back. As you know, retirement is pretty darn nice. So I'm excited because here's the thing. I mean, I feel like I, I remember seeing people in the community talking about when, um, uh, oh shoot, sorry. Uh, talking about, yeah, yes. Okay. I remember seeing people in the community talking about when Jim Keller went back to AMD. It's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe Jim Keller's best ideas are behind him or something like that. Um, turns out they sure as heck weren't. Uh, just because yeah. Jim Keller was, you know, over at Apple and Tesla for a little bit doesn't mean that he forgot how to make a CPU. And the thing about super smart people, because remember, guys, we're not talking about like, you know, the kid in your high school that got the best grade on the math test or whatever. We're talking about super smart people here is I'm willing to bet that in the 10 years since Nehalem and in the 10 years, woo, 15 years since K8. Uh, so Jim Keller actually had about a similar period of time. I'm willing to bet that super smart people have sat around and thought of some pretty super smart ideas that they just couldn't execute before or hadn't thought of. Um, and I wonder what would have happened if we took this angle or this other angle, et cetera. Because yeah, the thing about anything is that there's always a way to improve it. Even something as simple as like a t-shirt, lttstore.com. There's always ways to improve it. So here's something like that- store.com. Here's something we didn't realize until we actually hired a fit fitment engineer. I, th I think that's what the position is called. Anyway, she works here now. And we were like, okay, so we're working on our own t-shirt blanks instead of just buying American apparel shirts and printing on them. And she was like, yeah, so one of the things that I realized about American apparel's blanks is that the neck hole is identical for small, medium, and large. And there's a process called grading for, um, for shirts. I would think they would just call it sizing because that's what it is. That's where, you, that's where you take a design and then you grade it or you like size it up and size it down. And she's like, yeah, that's like not how you would typically do that because someone who wears a large t-shirt probably has a bigger neck than somebody who wears a small t-shirt. It's just like, it's laziness basically. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know that. And that's why we have professionals. <laughs> who do this stuff. So even something as seemingly simple as a t-shirt, there's like infinite ways that you can continue to refine and continue to perfect it. Now let's talk about, you know, a whole other several, several orders of magnitude, more complicated project. Like, I don't know, a computer processor. I I'm sure they could come up with some woulda, coulda, shouldas from last time around. And I am, I am extremely excited. And now Anantech's Dr. Ian Katras from Tech Tech Potato um, suspects that it will be three to five years before this project bears any kind of fruit and also suspects, and this is kind of obvious, thanks, thanks Ian, uh, also suspects that this is not like a financially motivated move because Intel's clearly making plenty of money. But what it seems like to me is that Intel has finally pulled their heads out of their collective butts realized that if they actually sit there and actually do nothing, eventually someone will actually show up and compete with them. And that instead of just focusing on financials and balancing the balance sheet, which is a good thing, you can't even call it a yes. balance sheet if it's not balanced. Definitely. That's yeah. stupid. I think it's I, I want to interject for one quick second. I think sometimes no, when we no, talk No, no, only about I talk like, on WAN show. 
no um it's, i think sometimes when we talk about the like an engineer should be leading this company type of thing yes some people think that we like don't think that finance or business or marketing or whatever people should be like involved at all it's like, no it's just we don't think those type of people should should like lead the ship should pilot the ship like they still need to be there or else everything will crash and burn because yes. you won't have any freaking money which is extremely important so just maybe not leading the ship that's all the reason that okay so we got uh jrr damon over on twitch says you say that but they are massively increasing dividends instead of r&d spending you know what? You don't necessarily need the biggest R&D budget if you have really smart people working on really cool projects that they're really passionate about. So I am not necessarily I also say, don't think increasing dividends is the right move right now. That's probably not the right move right now. But also, also another quick thing, they just hired the guy. What 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 R&D spending are they supposed to do right right now this second? Clearly the project is like not you know, done. Um, so give it, give it a little bit of time, give it a little bit of time. Anyway, the point when it comes to leadership, you need multiple perspectives. That's something that is so important. I remember I was reading an article about how amazing Tim Cook's leadership is because he forwarded an email internally, only adding the word thoughts, question mark to like key members of the leadership team. And like, how amazing and like visionary that style of leadership was. And I was like, yeah, what the f are you talking about? That's the most obvious thing ever. <laughs> Pretty much every decision we make at Linus Media Group is handled about like that. And sometimes <laughs> as CEO, I will say, thank you for your thoughts. We're actually going to do it this way. But unless you have multiple people giving input, you can't possibly hope to make the right decision every time. And if you do think that, you're basically an arrogant moron. Like that, 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 that's all there is to it. I'm, and I'm not afraid to say that. And I'm just like, what we need, because uh, anyway, the point is, to be clear, I'm not saying that was a bad way to send an email. I'm saying, you know, great job. You got to respect the members of your team because if you don't, they, they can't do a good job for you. I'm just saying that I, I don't think that's that amazing. I mean, one of the reasons that LMG has worked so well from the beginning is you've got me with like the raw dragon energy. You know, it's like, what, you know, why can't we do that? You know, I, I want to do that. It doesn't, it kind of, nothing else matters. We're just going to do it. Like I remember having a conversation with my uncle where he goes, you know, what's your, what's your business plan? Uh, what are your projections? What's your forecast? And I'm like, forecast what? We have literally no revenue. What would I forecast? I'd just be pulling numbers out of my butt. If I'm going to pull things out of my butt, it should probably be videos so that I can upload them. So maybe I'll have some revenue and we'll talk about a forecast. We like, forecast later. Yeah, on. we'll talk yeah. about a forecast later. It, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And, uh, you know, we would, we, you know, we would hire, we would hire someone or we, like, I'd want to hire someone and Yvonne will be like, okay, well, here's the numbers. And I'll be like, no, no, no. Take your numbers, throw them in a fire. I've got this like gut feeling, you know? That if we that if we bring in this person, it'll like it'll pay for itself in this roundabout way. And I don't have numbers to back it up, but don't worry about it. And the thing is, like, you need you need both of those perspectives because Yvonne has also pulled me back from the edge of making very poor financial decisions multiple times. And you need people who are grounded in reality to actually execute on a crazy vision. Like if I had the idea you know, oh, I have an idea. Why don't we have an amazing studio? Okay, good job, Linus. Good idea. You know, I'm sure every YouTuber, every Twitch personality ever was, you know, like, 
oh man, I got, I got a dope idea. What if I had, what if I had a studio and it was like full of lights and we had cameras and there, we could have people to move the lights and operate the cameras. It's going to be amazing. Oh my God. But what, that, if, what if we had a company? But that's just an idea. Somebody has to actually find it, make it fit in the budget and, uh, and then actually pay for it. You know, make sure the company's cash flow, make sure that the paychecks, you know, cash. I mean, Luke, do the paychecks always clear? I think so. Eight years in, you literally <laughs> don't even check, do you? Now that we have direct deposit. <laughs> I trust Yvonne, dude. I don't know. <laughs> When's the last time you checked your paycheck? Hey, Vaughn, I think we could probably stop paying Luke. I, I think he actually <laughs> wouldn't notice. She's like, don't tempt me. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, I think I did it like the beginning for really not that long, I think. And then eventually I was just like, it's going to be the, like, I remember one time, even when I was checking, I like didn't notice that there was some discrepancy and Yvonne caught it and like told me about it and fixed it. And I was like, wow, yeah, I really don't need to check. I think it's going to be fine. You know, so, Yvonne doesn't yeah. do payroll anymore, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I'm excited. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously it's going to take a long time for this to have any impact on something you can actually buy. But like, how freaking refreshing is it? Uh, and Anthony has a note in here. Can I just say that it's refreshing that the minds behind these chips are getting recognition rather than just Intel did it. Uh, AMD had Jim Keller for Cade and Zen. Intel even had Keller as senior VP, but he quit in June over whether to outsource more production. I actually hadn't heard yet that that was why he quit. I did not know that. Wow, that's a... Uh... Oh man, Intel, come on. I'm like, to be clear, I'm not rooting for Intel because I think they have like, you know, amazing business practices and a history of putting the consumer first every time. That is absolutely not what's happening here. I am always rooting for more competition in the CPU space. And whether you like it or not, when it comes to performance, Intel is the underdog right now. <laughs> and that's great, yep. but you don't want it to last forever. Don't imagine for a second that AMD is going to behave any differently. Part of it is just, it's just human nature. It's human nature. It's the capitalist system that we all are participating in, whether we like it or not. It just is what it is. If they sit there for long enough with no competitive challengers, they will get complacent. We already are seeing it with Ryzen 5000. They already increased prices. Did they have to? Probably not. Did they do it anyway? Sure. I mean, that's the free market, baby. Supply and demand. It's not like they can make enough of them anyway. So they might as well increase the price, right? And, you know, from a, for AMD, like if I'm just looking at it as like an enthusiast, I'm like, you know what? AMD, go for it. You could probably use the money. So you can go buy like an interconnectivity vendor. I forgot who they buy, Altera or something. I can't remember what company they bought. AMD buys uh, Xilinx. Is that the one? Why did I say Altera? Yeah, yeah, Xilinx. Xilinx. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, go go, go buy some stuff. Make sure you stay competitive because I need that competition to be ongoing. But that doesn't mean that I want Intel to go 10 years without, you know, releasing products that are like, you know, bulldozer grade. That, that, was, a, that was a rough time when there was only one CPU vendor because you got to remember, competition's good for not just me personally as an enthusiast. It's good for my business. 
Like if I can have AMD and Intel bidding against each other for like who wants to market their CPUs the hardest because you know, the competition, the performance is close. So it all comes down to marketing. Hey, I win just saying, you know, that's, that's why I've, that's why I say, I, I remember, I forget when it was, I did a video about this a while back, but that's why I always say, guys, you got to look at whoever's talking to you. You got to look at whatever motivation they have. For me, I'm pretty transparent. I am highly motivated by succeeding in my business and by being a computer nerd. It, you can pretty much explain most of my actions by those two things. And the bottom line is, you know, for my business, I I cannot screw with you guys because my business doesn't exist without you. And as a computer nerd, I can't screw with you guys because I've been I've been helping people pick the right parts for their computers since before anybody even gave me a paycheck for it. So, but that doesn't mean that I'm not all about my business growing and making money and continuing to uh, offer career development opportunities for the people who have hitched their carts to hitch their carts to my horse. So I am I am all about it being absolutely cutthroat in the computer industry. I love it. I want the most I want the most brutal competition possible because it's good for me in every possible way. Everything that motivates me, I win if there's intense competition. And so do you, by the way. Do you think this is the first major move? And I know they have made many moves. So I'm using major quite specifically. Do you think this is the first actual major move that they've made to combat AMD? No. What I suspect is that, because I mean, I've already seen other things. I mean, those cryo coolers, maybe they're yeah. a, clumsier, uh, a clumsier effort to combat AMD but they're really cool. Do you know the details of them? Does it seem major though? No, 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 okay. What's major about that is that that project is crazy. It makes no sense. So kind of like counterculture to what they've been doing for a long time. Yes. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with that. That makes yes. sense. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board. So it's like, yeah. I haven't, it's not the fire, but it smells like smoke. You know what, you know yeah. what I mean? There's a yeah, there's yeah, yeah. a fire under Intel's butt, and I can smell the Intel butt smoke, fire smoke, <laughs> um, and those kinds of projects, those kinds of like, yeah, we took some smart people and we locked them in a room and we said, go make some crazy stuff, and they came back and they were like, here's our crazy stuff, and we were like, green light, let's go. That is an attitude shift that we needed to see from them and that I believe is actually happening. They have lost some key talent, no doubt. But the thing about key talent is that it attracts key talent. You know, okay, think about it this way. We have people on our team at Linus Media Group that members of our community admire. If we didn't have people like, you know, an Alex or Anthony or, or Jake or Riley or... James, like if we didn't have this team that is already perceived as like superstars, then the quality of our applicants, whenever we put out a job posting, I guarantee you is lower because we have people talk about how exciting it would be to work shoulder to shoulder with these guys. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a snowball effect. The more you can bring on talented team members, the more other like smart, talented team members, the more other smart, talented people are going to be like, Gee, there must be something to this. You know what? 
I, you I had so much of your life working. You should yeah. probably want to, you, you would probably aspire to try to be in an environment that would inspire and drive you forward, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's going to be the type of stuff that you're going to try to push for. Exactly. Exactly. That's why a brain drain is something that is not easy to stop. It's not something you can just throw more money at. It's, it's not that simple. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. I'm hoping for a big comeback here because I want to see competition for all the various reasons that I love it. And I think it's time to move on to our next topic. Google yeah. has threatened to pull out of Australia over the new link tax laws. Luke, do you want to run us through this one? I've, I've been talking a lot. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, big tech firms have been facing increased calls for regulations as profits soar, and Australia is looking to be the first to step up to the plate. We've been talking about this type of stuff for a long time now, but it's been kind of hit or miss in how it's going to be implemented. And I think one of the big reasons for that is because of the massive variance in terms of companies that that operate on the internet. There's your Googles, there's your Facebooks, but then there's also your, you know, your float planes. And your other stuff. Um, there can only be one float plane. Yes. Uh, Australia's link tax law would make Google, Facebook, and other companies pay media outlets for linking to their news content. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Google and others in the industry have said the law would be unworkable and leave them with no other choice but to leave the country. Australian lawmakers respond by accusing Google of blackmail <laughs> with PM... <laughs> I didn't actually see that coming with uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison saying they would not yield to threats. Wow. <clears throat> Interesting. I guess leaving the country is a threat. Uh, I mean, kind of. Is is, uh, is PIA a sponsor of this stream? Uh, I don't know. Does it matter? Well, they are now. You can, <laughs> yeah. If this becomes a thing and Google pulls out, you could use PIA and still use Google. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Australian newspaper revenues have been dropping steadily since the late 2000s. That you could probably, I would assume, put any country at the beginning of that sentence, and it would probably be true. Uh -huh. Australia sees financial support for its news industry as vital to democracy. That's if the a law passes, fair point. probably in a lot of ways, yeah. Yep. Because the the oh, the more news outlets go under, yep, the, the more it's going to simmer down to less sources of information if yep. that makes sense yep um you're gonna have less less potential views on a topic which is not good you want more reviewers uh whether it's news articles or or more perspectives articles. is healthy yeah yep. yes according to lawmakers news accounts for an eighth of google searches in australia while Australia isn't Google's largest market by a pretty massive amount, I would say, yeah. Google is fearful for what precedent this might set. And that's that's pretty legit because um, I'm sure other countries going to look at how effective this ends up being or doesn't end up being, yeah. um, especially places like the EU, which are very... Um, pretty regulation happy. Pretty regulation happy and pretty on the forefront of, of digital regulation, I would say, yeah. which a lot of countries are still not necessarily stepping in on. Uh, last week, Google piloted a program blocking news sites from search results for 1% of Australians to test the value of Australian news services. Ugh. Ouch. Uh, Dang. Yeah, what a way to put it. That's savage. Uh, both Google and Facebook argue that news organizations get the benefit of their platforms driving readers to their websites. They report that the comparative revenue is tiny. Google says just $7.7 out of $3.7 total in Australia over 2019. Jeez. 
James has a take on this. He says, this will only lead to information siloing where Facebook will introduce a search engine to search for news uploaded to Facebook, evading the tax, similar to how people search on Amazon instead of shopping the web more broadly. Uh, yeah, yikes, that actually makes sense. Uh, this is pretty funny. This is James's take. I actually don't necessarily agree with it 100%. He says, also just you news media. Do you know what it's like to post something and get zero traffic? It sucks. Consider yourself lucky. <laughs> okay, so I think he's still a little salty about getting banned on Twitter. Um, <laughs> do you know about this? Do you hear about this? I, I heard about it. I didn't know the details behind it, but I did hear about it. Okay, yeah. so James... I checked his Twitter page one day and was like, wait, what? James tweeted at Colton because they were kind of sniping back and forth on Twitter about something. He was just like, I'll kill you. And Twitter flagged it as like a death threat and suspended his account. And he has since reached out to Twitter and been like, hey, that guy is my friend and colleague. I I'm not, I wasn't actually threatening to kill him. Um, obviously this was flagged by a bot can can we can we please fix this uh like i won't do that again but yeah can we please fix this no response get this james follows up and is like hey i sent in a ticket about this can we please have a human review it because as soon as a human looks at it i think it'll be pretty clear that this is like my bud and i was just messing around with them um someone got back to him and was like hey, we haven't reviewed your original ticket yet. Like an actual human replied to his follow-up ticket just to tell him that no one had replied to his original ticket. It's like, right. <laughs> Since you're looking at it, why don't you just look at it and then just fix it so that I don't have to send another ticket? Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Because it's like, it's non-trivial, right? Like, it's, I think he's got like 30, 40,000 followers. So it's not like it's just simple to, oh, whatever. I'll just create a new handle or I'll whatever. Make a new account and send, send it the handle to all my friends. Yeah, exactly. It's like he's an yeah. actual public figure. So you'd think you guys would care a little bit. And since you're looking at it, since you're looking at it anyway, why not just fix it immediately? It's like, it's kind of like picking up something on the dining room table and moving it to the counter. You're just gonna have to pick it up and put it in the dishwasher again. Why don't you just put it in the dishwasher? My wife said to me, because I definitely, she's making a face. I definitely, I definitely do that. And that doesn't change. The fact that I do it doesn't change that it's stupid. It is stupid, but I just mean, I'm not being paid to put dishes in the dishwasher, okay? Twitter's customer support person is presumably being paid. and. You know, you could argue that I do receive, you know, benefits from helping out around the house and, you know, being a good husband. You know, you could say that. See, she, she's nodding. She's nodding. She's like, yeah, yeah, totally. You get benefits for that. And I'm like, yeah, see, that's the kind of that's the kind of exchange, you know, you know, we have. It's like the man makes the money and the wow. woman has her. <laughs> wow. You you wouldn't be <laughs> I've seen how far I could push this. You wouldn't believe the looks I'm getting right now. <laughs> Love you, honey. Wow. Oh man. Wow. I, I'm just I feel I'm like just... you should go on a story of your your earlier uh dating. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when she was the one who made literally all the money, and yeah. I was the college dropout that was living at her parents' house. Yeah. Oh boy! And uh, today's WAN show is brought to you by. Oh wait, are we wrapped up with that uh, topic? Uh, uh, more or less. Yeah, more so. or less. Okay. So a lot of it's speculative. We'll see if it actually happens. And if it does happen, we'll see if Google actually pulls out. And if Google actually pulls out, we'll see how well that goes. See how pregnant Australia up. ends up being. Yeah. Will, will Google pay, pay child support? I don't know. <laughs> I suspect not. The show is brought to you today by Kernel Care. Kernel Care Enterprise provides you with more integration, support, and control over your server. It's a live patching tool that integrates with automation tools and vulnerability scanners, supports the latest patches, lets you decide what patches are rolled out across your organization, and even runs inside the firewall. It works in your local infrastructure via ePortal, a dedicated patch server that runs internally, but outside of your firewall. This acts as a bridge between internal patch servers and the main kernel care patch server. This approach is ideal for staging and production environments that need strict isolation from external networks or require more stringent control over the patches to be applied. It's available for all major Linux distributions. And guess what? You can try out kernel care enterprise for free at the link in the video description. My read was a little bit, I love this like super, super tux thing they got going up in there all right let's go ahead and oh hey look at that it's done i'm gonna move that and the show is also brought to you by freshbooks oh yeah freshbooks is the easy to use accounting software designed with you in mind the small business owner freshbooks has everything you need to manage your books invoices expenses time tracking and more and it's designed to be easy to use that's right it's designed for people who know how to like do a thing but are not necessarily an accounting whiz kid you know what i mean so it's got built-in automation meaning you can spend less time invoicing and expensing and tracking your projects and more time doing what matters most growing your business with FreshBooks, whether you're a tradesperson, creative agency, or a YouTuber, you can choose the plan that is right for you. They have an award-winning Toronto-based support team that's always happy to help if you need it, and you don't have to take my word for any of this. You can try it out for free for 30 days with no credit card required at freshbooks.com when. Finally, the show is brought to you today by Pulseway. That's right. It's the way to pulse, ladies and gentlemen. It's the real-time monitoring and management software that allows you to manage systems and support users from anywhere, even from your phone. That's right. It's compatible with Windows, Mac, and Linux, and it allows you to fix problems on the go by sending commands from any mobile device. It gives you remote desktop functionality. You can get access to real-time status, system resources, logged in users, network performance, Windows updates, and more. And you can even create, deploy, and automate custom scripts so that your IT tasks will never be easier. Well, no, they will be easier. They'll be much easier. That's what I meant to say. You can scan, install, and update all your systems on the go, and you can try it for free at pulseway.com or through our link in the video description. The show is also brought to you by lttstore.com. It's not actually, but we do, actually, we do have some big news. Guess what, Luke? What? Guess what? What? We brought... A sexy back, baby. 
We finally have underwear in stock again. Our new supplier. Our new supplier has come through and delivered underwear. They're stealthier than ever before. Got just like a kind of a black rubber LTT on the waistband. Uh, We've got a few new designs. So like a more Constellation inspired one, a more like kind of looks kind of like Matrix lines of binary kind of thing going on. And then a completely stealth all black are included in the new pack. And this is on top of our crew neck sweater being back in stock. And then I think there was something else I was supposed to tell you guys about. Now, hold on just a minute here. I don't know. I don't know how Twitch's terms of service are right now, but I'm currently wearing those more constellation-y looking ones. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How do you like the new ones? Good. I like them. Yeah. Yeah. I like like the, uh, I don't know how to describe it. The kind of like tactile logos along the band. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it, it's like they have this type of feature in dress pants where it will like hold on to your clothes better. Oh, there it is. Sorry, sorry. I was looking for a thing and I think I just found it. No worries. Uh, whoa, 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 hey, ho, oh, what's this? What's oh this? my. What's this you got there? What's that? Is that a is that a special edition hollow foil shirt? You got to be kidding me. It is. It's Wait, where? Pretty sick. Uh, the GPU shirt. Oh, I guess the stream is is probably okay. Stream's probably a little probably a little delayed. So guys, yeah. now's a pretty good time to go check out lttstore.com. Get some underwear, get a shirt. It's all it's going to be all good in the hood. Speaking of all good, Nvidia is well, there's something. Earlier this week, Nvidia began changing some of the messaging around Max-Q. We've actually got a full video coming about this, so I'm not going to get into all the detail because um there are certain time-related restrictions that affect how much information I can give you. You know what? Actually, this is really easy. I'm going to sit here, and I'm just going to smile, and Luke is going to read this one because I am under NDA. Nice. I like it. Luke doesn't know anything. I mean, well, okay, that's harsh. Um, (laughs) Luke knows lots of things. He doesn't know anything about this. He just Absolutely. knows what he's reading from Seth Digital on the forum and PC Gamer. Okay, go yes, ahead, Luke. Seth Digital and PC Gamer. Earlier this week, NVIDIA began changing some of the messaging around Max-Q, planning to drop the GPU differentiating moniker for, for the upcoming RTX 30 GPUs for laptops. They say mm-hmm. that Max-Q has grown beyond only GPU optimizations. Oh, wow, so impressive. Uh, this led to speculation that NVIDIA was killing the Max-Q branding. Um, But an NVIDIA rep told PC Gamer that the Max-Q branding is not going away. Okay. An NVIDIA statement reads, when we originally introduced Max-Q back in 2017, the brand was initially used in GPU naming since Max-Q referred to the GPU TGP only. Today, third generation Max-Q is broader and is a holistic set of platform technologies and design approach to building powerful and thin laptops. What the heck does that even mean? (laughs) What does a holistic set of platform technologies and design approach to building powerful and thin laptops mean? Holistic set 
of platform technologies. So for those of you not following some of the lingo here, TGP is total graphics power. So that's how much of the total power budget of the laptop is allocated to the graphics card. But then it's a little more complicated than that, which the full video will touch on. Um, and it's also, uh, uh, it's like what your cooling system would have to be able to handle. Uh, okay, so go ahead, Luke. Uh, yeah, I'm not supposed to say anything. Shut up. NVIDIA is putting the onus on OEMs to properly advertise their laptops features moving forward. Okay. This means that it's going to be up to end users to do the research to compare between options. OEMs may choose to adhere to NVIDIA's Max-Q guidelines or not. So the brand isn't technically dead. It may just be dying slowly. Max-Q and Max-P were perfectly good ways to distinguish the capabilities of laptop GPUs. This muddles the water for people comparing laptops as one 360, like one RTX 360, can be a completely different spec than the next 360. Interestingly, Max-P isn't actually an official term coined by NVIDIA. The community just started using the name for NVIDIA's full power mobile GPUs. Now, the first time I heard it was not from the community. I actually heard it first from laptop makers. So I, I think it's more, it might originate more there, but it's hard to say exactly where it came from. It's just that, you know, Max-Q originally designed, originally was more than just like a GPU with a lower TDP, um, or TGP, excuse me. Um, Max-Q was like a requirement. It had to be no louder than a certain amount, no thicker than a certain amount, and it had to offer performance over a certain amount. So yes, the Max-Q product was the GPU, like the binned GPU that went in there to make that possible. But Max-Q was what? like a bigger, like it has an official blog post on NVIDIA.com. Max-P, even though I have heard NVIDIA staff use the term because it's so stupid they don't have a term for it. Because, like, how are you supposed to call it? Just like RTX 30, RTX 30 Max-Q? Well, what is RTX 30? Is it the desktop one? Is it the mobile one? We don't know because they're just both called the same thing. Like, come on, who do you think you are, Apple? Just calling everything so the same thing? And they've had so many differences over the last few years in terms of like yeah. how they're treating mobile GPUs and how how equivalent mobile GPUs are to desktop GPUs and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Like better differentiation was would be good. The reason why I was excited about this at first was because I knew Max P was kind of a muddy term. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe they're like moving on and like using something more properly defined. But no, it seems like they're moving on and using something less properly defined. And not great. I will say this much. It gets much worse. Don't oh. miss the video. Oh boy. It gets okay. way more complicated. I'm not saying, you know, you know whether RTX 30 is a good or a bad product. It has nothing to do with that at all. I'm just saying it it's complicated. It's going to be complicated. Well, I don't have any more information, so I think you guys will just have to tune in again later on that more specific video. In other news, the Raspberry Pi Foundation launches a $4 yes. Pi Pico. $4. How do you make a computer for $4? So epic. I don't even understand it. No, you can't even you can't even get like the socket of an epic motherboard for $4. <laughs> uh, so the Pi Pico is the first in-house designed microcontroller from the Raspberry Pi Foundation. 
Typically, hobbyists will pair the Raspberry Pi with microcontrollers for real-world applications due to the Pi not being great at low-latency I.O. interfacing. Like all Raspberry's devices, the Pico has extensive documentation aimed at both experienced power users and new tinkerers, and features an in-house-designed RP2040 processor built on a 40 nanometer process. It's got dual ARM Cortex N0 Pluses clocked at 133 MHz, 264 kilobytes of embedded memory with support for up to 16 megs of off-chip flash memory, a USB 1.1 controller. Okay, so it's not cutting edge. <laughs> More nerd specs are listed on the blog post. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm very curious. I'm headed for the nerd specs. Look at this thing. Holy smokes, it is tiny. Ooh, whoopsie daisy. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, it is flipping tiny. I gotta scroll a little bit to actually get to the Pi Pico. Look at it. It's, it's a tiny, it's a tiny boy. It's like there's a little like display, like a little project display right next to it. That is, that is sick. Okay, so here's some of these, here's some of these nerdy speeds and feeds. 30 GPIO pins, four of which can be used as analog inputs. Okay, that's pretty sweet. TV controller, 16 PWM channel, USB mass storage boom. Oh, okay, cool. So you can, yep, that makes sense. Cool. A lot of people seem very interested in the analog inputs, which is really yeah, cool. that's a big something deal. I would, something I would point out with something like this is like, yeah, a lot of the modern computing that we do, especially in like the RAM department, I would say, has kind of ballooned a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, what what you're going to do on a computer or a laptop or a phone, etc., is going to be very heavy. But the things that you can use computers like this for, like you you read out those specs and you're like, oh, that sucks. But it still has USB functionality at all, which yeah. is actually extremely useful if you're doing more specialized, smaller tasks. Like yeah. doing doing basic things hasn't necessarily gotten more difficult, especially if you're like developing specifically for nope. it, or if it's something very specific that you're going to have it always. You do. want an auto waterer for your like plants. Yeah. It doesn't need more. Than you this. don't need a Xeon. You know, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. You're good. You're good. So like 133 megahertz and a USB 1.1 controller and 264 kilobits of uh, embedded memory is probably completely fine for like. Yep. There a you go. Long... You heard it here first. You heard it. This is the next famous quote. Two, what was it? 256 kilobits. Well, it ought to be enough for anyone. Luke Lafreniere, 2021. There's a ton of projects that you can accomplish with that much, and you don't necessarily need more. And I think the art of of accomplishing as much as you can with what you have has kind of died a little bit. Like I remember watching- Just say min-maxing, Luke. You know you want to. Uh, yeah, the min-maxing <laughs> min your hardware has died a little bit. I know like watching gaming documentaries from a long time ago, watching game developers talk about like min-maxing the position of data on a disc. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, for sure. So that the, the head is more likely to be closer to, you know, that part of the- uh, of the actual disk itself so that the next data it needs is like right in line. Like, yeah. like that stuff is crazy. And it yeah. was actually something that people did. And like, you had to really fight a lot to, to fit within these crazy confines. And yes, that is still a thing. Um, consoles are a, I'm not trying to drag on consoles, but consoles are a more measured metric. Like, you know, more what you're dealing with. Um, but we don't really see that many crisis style games come out anymore. It's, I think it's much less common for a game to come out 
and everyone that wants that game to go rush out and do massive computer upgrades so they can actually play it. Like I, I genuinely know people that are running processors that are like nine to 10, 10 generations old that are still running new modern titles just fine. Now to be that's crazy. To be clear, it's like more of a it's more of a microcontroller than like an actual computer. Like you wouldn't go you yeah. wouldn't go load up Raspbian on this even. Like that's no. But uh, what I'm saying is you can still accomplish a lot with it. Absolutely. And and it's cool that I don't know. I like the idea of working with those confines and being able to accomplish great things anyways. It seems like the entire YouTube chat has no idea what a live stream is. It's kind of amazing. Twitch chat and Floatplane are both just like, yes, we understand what's going on. Entire YouTube chat is like, disliked due to clickbait. We talked about that topic an hour ago. It's a live stream. It was literally the first thing we talked about. Lordy. It's it's not the entire video. It's the WAN show. It's in the title. Oh man! After all these years, I mean, how long have we been doing? How long have we been doing the WAN show, Luke? Like seven years or something? Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> and you, come on, people, help we me out. LMG's at eight years now. Yeah. Jeez. It's okay. crazy. It's crazy. Uh, speaking nuts. of LMG being at eight years, uh, we still have job listings up for a full-time bookkeeper slash yes. accountant, whatever we end up with, full-time video editor slash camera op. Uh, Floatplane has a full-time developer and web design contractor position up on linusmediagroup.com uh, just because yes. we get a little bit more traffic there. Um, do you want to talk about the developer position just a little bit since we've got all these people watching? Yeah, the developer position is is somewhat generalized. You will probably end up working on a wide variety of things as we are a small team and that just kind of happens when you are among a small team. But you will likely be focused, your, your main job will be developing, implementing, researching, et cetera, features uh, or, or implementing currently existing uh, uh, features from tools available on the Shopify store for lttstore.com. We are specifically looking uh, for someone to dedicate to that. So experience working with Shopify, experience working with e-commerce platforms, experience working with JavaScript, et cetera, et cetera, is all uh, very sought after for that position. So if you if you are interested in that, feel, please feel free to, to go to the form, enter your information and apply. And the designer position is for just like the websites that we kind of overlook in general. So fullplane.com, lttstore.com, potentially other jobs. Um, it's not a full-time position. It would be job by job. Uh, so it is remote. Um, we, we are able to hire from kind of wherever's for that because it is very job by job specific. Um, Canadian would be a plus, but it is, it is remote. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it. Sweet. I uh, got a couple more job postings here as well. Uh, we need a full-time junior design slash manufacturing engineer and a full-time retail product and inventory manager. Apply at linusmediagroup.com. I think we've got at least one more topic to talk through here. This is pretty sweet. Uh, Video Cards did an article on the Vic on YT. Is that what this channel is actually called? Oh, Lordy, this is... Okay, that is Russian AF. I absolutely love it. Um, 
At least I hope that's I hope that's Russian. It could be it could be another sort of whatever whatever those types of languages are called with the Cyrillic. Yeah, Cyrillic characters. I, I don't I don't I don't know. Anyway, the point is. The YouTuber successfully modified an RTX 2070 to have 16 gigs of VRAM instead of the standard 8. After accessing leaked NVIDIA PCB diagrams for the 2080 SKU, he replaced the old Micron models with Samsung mod uh, modules and then changed the resistors into a different binary code for the RAM CFG jumpers. The modified card works and actually registers successfully as 16 gigs VRAM. However, there was a significant performance loss at least at loss at least in 3D Mark Time Spy. So the uh, average 2070 score is 9100 points and his 16 gig card got <clears throat> 6100 points. So it's a little it's a little significant there and it's unstable and quickly fails in Furmark. But similar modifications can apparently be made to a few other Nvidia GPUs to double the standard VRAM. The 1050 and 1050 Ti can go from 2 to 4 gigs. The 1060 can go from 3 to 6 gigs. And it should be noted this does not work with the 1070, 1080, or 1080 Ti. If you want to modify your own 2070 because you like voided warranties and worse performance and instability, Samsung's 16 gig GDDR6 modules can be found on AliExpress for roughly 200 US dollars. That is to say 16 gigs worth of Samsung GDDR6 modules. Uh, think that card has eight chips so it would be two gigabytes per module don't 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 quote me on that I can't remember off the top of my head um, fascinating uh, Twitter accused of profiting from child pornography James posted this I wonder if he has a bone to pick with Twitter no, I'm just I'm just, I'm just kidding, James. <laughs> Uh, a minor boy and his mother are suing Twitter, alleging that it benefited from and neglected to remove an exploitative video featuring him and another minor, which was retweeted thousands of times and has at least 167,000 views on the platform. The lawsuit Ugh. claims that the minor and mother repeatedly contacted Twitter about the content, but Twitter allegedly didn't suspend accounts distributing it until a federal agent from the Department of Homeland Security intervened. Good that they, uh, good that they banned James, though. Yeah. According to the filing, one or multiple traffickers tricked the boy into providing explicit images to a Snapchat account he was led to believe belonged to a 16-year-old girl. After obtaining the explicit content, the traffickers allegedly blackmailed the boy into providing the video that ultimately spread on Twitter. A Twitter spokesperson told Fox News, Twitter has a zero-tolerance policy for any materials that feature or promote child sexual exploitation. We aggressively fight online child sex abuse and have heavily invested in technology and tools to enforce our policy. Okay. Apparently not enough. Filing also details communication between John Doe, his mother, and Twitter. One email shows Twitter telling, this is the boy, that on January 28th that it reviewed the content and didn't find any violation of our policies, so no action will be taken at this time. What do you mean you don't see a problem? The miner asks in response that same day. We are both minors right now, and we're minors at the time these videos were taken. We both were 13 years of age. Wow. What did the video... What was it? I mean, I'm not going to go watch it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to either. But, like, if, if they're saying it didn't... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that's, like... Uh, if definitely I definitely don't want to see it. Yeah, I definitely don't want it in my internet history if it actually is 13-year-olds 
you know, doing explicit stuff on video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Good luck, uh, John Doe boy and mother in your um, in your campaign here, because if that went down the way that you say it went down, that is super A plus not OK. For Twitter, the safer way to deal with a situation like this would just be to, at the very least, temporarily pull it down while you evaluate. You'd I'm think sure that. that could lead, I'm sure that could lead to bad situations where people are like using your automated tools to censor things and whatnot. But I feel like that would be a, a better result, maybe. I don't know. Well, the problem is that once Twitter pulls something, they evidently don't have any way to restore it, like James's account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Uh, one, one side note thing. Yeah. People are saying that the, uh, the, the link for the designer job doesn't work. Uh, this happened with another one of the job postings as well. I don't know why. If you click on it, it doesn't work. But if you copy paste it, it does. Um, I think there's something weird going on with the the uh, the Squarespace link thingy. So yeah, just copy paste it for now. I think there's some way that Colton was able to fix the previous one. So I've I've messaged him and he'll I'm sure he'll look oh, into this one. Shoot, I just emailed him. Well, it's too late. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, we've got some super chats. It's not too late for those. That's uh, freaking awesome. Uh, I don't know why people send them, but they do. Akash says, Kirk or Picard? I need to know. Luke, help me out here. Kirk or Picard? Skywalker. Star Wars? <laughs> 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 both did it. <laughs> I want a real answer, Luke. Don't even give me that. I won't take it. Won't I take know. no I, Ray. Have you watched much? I mean, Star I watched... I watched I've probably seen a solid 120th of the episodes of each series. So I've seen like probably, well, okay, no, I've probably seen more than that because I think there actually weren't that many episodes of the original Star Trek. I was a kid though, so I haven't watched it since then. I do definitely like know enough about the show just because I have my eyes open and my ears not buried in sand. So, like, I get the jokes, you know, like the red shirts and the, uh, you know, the many emotions of, of Spock, you know, poster where he's just like. And I know that that's actually not Spock because he does have emotions. It's this whole part of his whole character is he has this like this mix of like logic and emotion, his human and Vulcan sides, blah, blah, blah. Like I know like kind of enough to get by but I wouldn't consider myself a Trekkie by any stretch of the imagination. I definitely watched more, like by numbers, more episodes of The Next Generation. Um, I remember thinking when I was a kid that uh, uh, Dr. Crusher was probably called Dr. Crusher because you were supposed to you know, think she was pretty sweet. Um, I actually wonder if maybe my tastes were very strange as a kid. I don't even from, know what she looks like the anymore. Very limited amount that I have seen, I would probably say Picard. You'd but say Picard. I, I think so. Okay. Well, there's your answer, ladies and gentlemen. But I have seen very, very little, and have never pursued it at all because there's so much Star Wars content to consume, and I like it a lot. So I just do that. <laughs> do you still like it? It keeps beating you, and you keep coming back to it. I just keep going back to older stuff. What older There's stuff? Expanded universe stuff. Oh, that just I like did. books. Yeah. 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 
Uh, yeah, that's fair enough. All right. Yeah, there was a time when Star Wars was good. Uh, Robert Mail says, took a bit, but the whole house has good Wi-Fi. On the other hand, choosing a bidet like James suggested has been a bit of an experience. Never thought fancifying my toilet would be one of the toughest decisions. And expensive, too. Okay. Uh, Dalsim says, Luke, what changes have you made to Floatplane? Live streaming in Australia is working amazing now. It used to stutter heaps. When? Well, I don't know, do I? Yeah, I don't All know. All right. Um, <laughs> there's been lots of changes made. There's been lots of changes made to live streaming. There's been lots of changes made to everything else. Um, it just depends on what your what your timeline is. Uh, Alex and Simba says, Luke, please convince Linus to do a haptic gaming vest video part two. There are lots more products now in the market. Okay, do you even use your VR setup? I gotta know. I I do sometimes. My are you area, even an enthusiast anymore, Luke? My area is very bad. Um, in order That's to fair. properly use my setup, I would have to move a very large amount of furniture. And even then, it wouldn't be great. And at the previous place I was at, if I put my hands over my head, I would punch the ceiling. That is no longer a problem here. Here I can't move. I can't go in any direction, which is just like a different problem. Are we ready to tell people where you lived at your previous place yet? Like, is it far enough removed that we can be like, eh? I so. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything. All right, where, where, where did you live previously, Luke? <laughs> I used to live below the office. <laughs> It's, some people knew that um, there was there was a few community members that knew that and for literally years and I will always appreciate this and and owe them for this um, just ran with, like there there was a small group of them that all had this constant conversation going on to to help deflect and push people away from the idea that I did live there yeah because they all knew that but they used that information to like drive this thing that I didn't um he told yeah I, I lived below the office it was fantastic my commute was walking up the stairs sometimes uh, he didn't make it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it was really interesting whenever i'd be sick because i'd be like laying in bed listening to linus record videos upstairs <laughs> Uh, we had lots of problems with dishes. People would actually go down into yeah. Luke's basement suite, take his dishes, use them, leave them in the upstairs sink, and then like just not acknowledge that they did it. Like there's a reason. There's a channel super fun video about like finding the dishes thief or whatever. But like there's so much more that went on behind the scenes that you guys don't know about that led up to that being something that was like such a big issue. We made a video about it and like... It's that much of an inside joke. It was such a weird problem too, because like I would not have minded at all if yeah. people use my stuff, but like to go down into my space and just take my things and then leave them dirty. Leave them dirty. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what? what are you doing? I don't know. I don't understand. And there were so, so few people at the company at the time that it's like, who do you think you're fooling? <laughs> it's like three or four people. Yeah, I know it wasn't me. I'm pretty yeah. sure it wasn't him because if it was him, it would just be at his desk. He wouldn't bother yeah. to dump it in the sink. Yeah, or or like downstairs <laughs> in the actual sink. Yeah, in That's his sink. Time. We had two sinks, yeah. obviously. Um, and then one of the other funny ones for me is that like Luke's house, you know, right? 
was the only place, once we grew a little bit more, it was the only place in the building that we had like sort of a private meeting room. So the first year that we did like annual employee reviews, I was like, so Luke, um, can we do this in your like, like living room? And he's like, I guess, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's your house, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm sitting, so I'm sitting in Luke's living room under my office in my house giving Luke his like annual employee performance <laughs> review which we've never done before because it seemed like you know like such a formal thing and we'd always just been like kind of like broing out and making videos about tech up till that point and I'm just like I think I probably opened it up with like this is the most awkward thing that I've ever had to do <laughs> yeah that was a that was an interesting time oh man um all right, what else we got? Uh, it was pretty useful too, though, because like there would be certain things. Like I remember we wanted to do an ambient sound test of something. Yeah. So that was like way easier because I yeah. just waited until everyone was gone. And then just like went and set up the test and then went downstairs and just like did whatever. Yeah. And it didn't matter that like, oh, I need to go check it in like half an hour or something because like it takes me seconds to go upstairs. <laughs> like it's really not a big deal. But yeah, it was kind of helpful. Yeah, he was our built-in security guard too. Because yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm pretty sure Luke would have bashed in the skull of someone who tried to take like my CPUs. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it never happened because like yeah. Canada's got some pretty messed up laws around like defending <clears throat> your own property. It's pretty stupid. For yourself. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, okay, what else we got going on here? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, this is when Luke was full freeloader? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was real cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it was a symbiotic relationship, right? Right, because, like, giving him a benefit in terms of rent makes his life more affordable, which makes it so that he doesn't just like need more salary like if i was like luke you can't live here he's going to be like well to maintain the same standard of living that i enjoy you should probably pay me x amount more like he's that kind of person trust me and <laughs> and aside from that the benefit to me of having him there at the office is that whenever i can't get in touch with him i know where he lives no no i'm just kidding uh the benefit to me is like actually having him on site was really really useful i slept better at night knowing that like, Luke was there. I mean, he's a pretty deep sleeper, actually. So if someone did break in, it's very likely that he wouldn't have noticed. But if he did notice, having him there... Alarm, I would definitely notice that. Oh, yeah, that's true. If the alarm went off, you would, have, you would have noticed that. But having Luke there was actually a huge benefit for the company and absolutely worth, like, the discount on rent. And he did pay rent. It's not like it was just a total freeloader situation. He did not much, pay enough but... rent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was part of that was part of what helped luke save up for that down payment i'm pretty sure yes. <laughs> Cheap rent. Yeah. yeah um kinestic over on uh in the super chat says uh wow okay you don't need to send oh okay it's australian dollars i was like wow you don't need to send like 50 bucks but it's like not real dollars um, as an Aussie, most people are actually on Google's side. These laws are entirely driven by Murdoch Media, who owns about 70% of all Australian media. Uh, there's a good seven-minute uh, video on the opening shots of this fight and sent a link, but I'm not going to click it because I'm on like my own stream right now. 
Uh, but apparently it's seven minutes, so you should be able to find it. I think that is pretty much it for the WAN show today. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. If you haven't already got one, you got to go to lttstore.com and you got to get like good LTT store stuff. We got the new boxers. We got them. They're here. Uh, so we got the new boxers. We also got the absolutely sick. I think Sarah did a great job of the design for this one. Uh, sick new GPU uh, core shirt. So we're calling it hollow foil GPU core t-shirt. It's pretty sweet. It's very shiny, by the way. So Some people got... in the float plane chat are putting together um, certain events now that make more sense oh. due to me having left there. <laughs> that makes sense. What are you guys talking about? One of them was they figured out the uh, the office like theft prank thing. They're like, oh, that makes way more sense now because like they're like, why would he have been there the day before? It's like, yeah, because we like robbed my house because <laughs> he lived there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's why when uh, Nick Van Berkel at the time went to go like chase the the thief or whatever, and he like ran downstairs. I like went to go follow him because I'm like, I'm probably gonna have to open this door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's great. All right. Love you guys. Float plane chat. You guys are the real MVPs. Dell update? Uh, I, don't, I don't have one. I haven't heard back yet. So okay. it might be that this person was not able to put together the materials proving that they actually can prove what they said they can prove. So, All right. Okay. That's it. Outro time. Luke? Yeah? I said outro what? time. Oh, I thought you ran it. I was waiting until after the outro to say bye. Bye! Oh. <laughs> the stream's so far behind that like I can't really <laughs> tell. <laughs>